Activist Amberlyn Boyder is here to talk about South Carolina's anti-trans bill and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Amberlyn. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. Tell us about the South Carolina bill that's seeking to restrict transgender students from participating in uh, school athletics. Sure. So the bill in question is H4608. It also has a companion bill in the Senate, S531. And this bill is one of many bills aimed directly at the LGBTQ plus community. South Carolina alone saw no fewer than 10 bills targeting our community this session. And I say no fewer than because there are likely even more bills which were introduced but never found traction this session. H4608 is a wholly discriminatory bill which bans transgender girls from girls' sports at the secondary and post-secondary level. It further goes to offer cisgender students damages if they feel that they've lost a scholastic opportunity due to a transgender girl being on their team. It was already criticized by members of the House of Representatives as being extremely broad and vague, and since it wasn't reviewed by the House Judiciary Committee and instead referred to Education Public Works, it's viewed as being full of legal loopholes as well. South Carolina already has a lot of policies through the South Carolina High School League and also in cooperation with the NCAA on how to be inclusive of transgender children uh, without having to be unfair to cisgendered people. But yet, for some reason, our legislators have seen fit to ignore those facts and try to legislate it anyway. Now that it's passed the House, when will it go to the Senate? It actually was already read into the Senate chamber on April 6th. I'm sure the lobbyists have a better idea of exactly when it will go on the calendar for debate. But my understanding is that it could be debated or at least sent to committee in the Senate as early as April 19th. What's your spin on the uh, 30-plus states in this country considering similar bans? There could be so many contributing factors to this. So it's impossible to know for sure why now is the time for this to happen. But I think there are a lot of people across the country who have lived most of their lives around people who only look like they do. I think it's natural to be afraid of the unknown. And a lot of people have never had to open their minds to different aspects of society. It's no surprise that many of these states considering bills like this are in the Bible Belt. Uh, historically, any time a people group appeared differently from the majority, religious institutions found reasons to discriminate, and they would justify that discrimination with their interpretations of scripture. Consider Bob Jones University, a well-known fundamentalist college in South Carolina. They didn't allow interracial dating in their student population until 2000, and it wasn't until their tax-exempt status was threatened in 1983 that they even admitted people of color at all. Uh, so up until the 1930s, even being left-handed was considered an evil deviancy. And that's why prior to 1930, only 2% of our population identified as left-handed. Today, that number is closer to 15%. So what happened there? Did the evil left-handed people influence the vulnerable children and make them choose to be left-handed? Well, of course not. As people felt more accepted for who they were, they were more comfortable claiming their truths. I feel the same thing's happening today, and my feeling seems to be supported by a recent CDC study that claims that 22% of school-age kids identify as LGBTQ+. Uh, this growth in societal acceptance has yielded more people coming out, and fundamentalists perceive that as a threat. Obviously, certain politicians have picked up on this perception, 
and they're using it as a platform to run on for votes. Unfortunately, I think this means the rhetoric we're seeing is going to ramp up over the next couple of years. It's going to be tough, but we'll make it through it. Thankfully, we're seeing more and more faith communities move to become LGBTQ plus affirming. And I think it's only reasonable to assume that this is going to continue as more people encounter the queer friends and family members coming out to them. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? Yeah, this is a really close-to-home question for me because I think without question the passage of the Equality Act in its original form will go a very, very long way to protecting one of the most vulnerable portions of our population. It's extremely frustrating to see that this is still on the table while all of these harmful bills and harmful rhetoric sweep across our country. Uh, I just read last night about some harmful bills in Alabama that will effectively forcefully detransition trans teens. Uh, they passed their own version of a don't say gay bill. They passed their own version of a medical discrimination bill. And here in South Carolina, I don't even have protections against hate crimes. So it's great to hear encouraging messages from politicians saying we're with you or you deserve rights, but without action, those words fall really flat. It feels like our country's leadership would rather watch our struggle from afar. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? The first thing that I want to say is, oh my gosh, my siblings, I love you so much. Only you can know what's best for you. I'm not a therapist. And there's no magic formula of coping strategies to make us suddenly feel all better. If music works for you, use music. If video games work for you, use video games. You know the best way to cope with stressful situations. I do know these things, though. I know all too well how horrible and terrible these dark feelings can feel as they creep into our minds. I also know that there's nothing wrong with you. Your parents are not disappointed in you. They just can't handle an autonomous human being. You aren't broken. You were beautifully crafted by whatever circumstances brought us here. And you aren't going to hell. You've already escaped that by realizing your truth. You're perfect just the way you are. There are people fighting for you. And it's going to get tough sometimes. But it's also going to get better. How can people get information to stop this bill? Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I'm terrible at maintaining a social media presence. Uh, I did set up a Linktree account uh, that has links to all of the organizations that I'm connected with. Probably the most important organization that someone can be connected with concerning the South Carolina bills would be South Carolina United for Justice and Equality. Their website is southcarolinaunited.org. Uh, my Linktree account as well, uh, the username on that is Amberlyn B. And if you go there, it will have links to uh, SE United as well as other organizations that I'm connected with. And I would really appreciate anyone who has an interest uh, in anything that we're talking about today to go there and look for ways to be involved because we certainly can use a lot of advocacy and maybe even especially from our cis straight allies because a lot of times it feels like we're paraded around our state houses as an exhibit or an example. So having 
cis-straight allies willing to sit there and take some of the crap that we have to face is really helpful. What other projects are you working on? Well, besides my full-time day job as a project manager, I am the current vice president of PFLAG Spartanburg. PFLAG is the nation's oldest and largest organization serving parents, family, and friends of the LGBTQ plus community, as well as the community itself. One of my favorite affiliations is with Uplift Outreach Center. It's a safe space for LGBTQ plus youth in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm a huge fan of community and affirming spaces. And as a trans woman, I spend a lot of my life feeling like an exhibit or a standout. It's so refreshing to get to experience a space where I can feel equal to everyone else. And so we try to build that for the queer youth in the area. I also help out the folks at SC United for Justice and Equality, as I said before, keeping track of harmful legislation, organizing response teams that go toe-to-toe with legislators. It's, it's a massive job, and those folks are doing all of the hard legwork for LGBTQ plus rights in South Carolina. And finally, I've been working with a coalition of organizations and individuals called the Pro-Truth Coalition. We focus on stopping educational censorship bills in South Carolina, This year, we were up against a slew of bills that tried to whitewash U.S. history, ban books, certain educational materials, and it even went as far as to try to forbid students and teachers from discussing gender or sexual orientation in the classroom. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I am, first and foremost, a human rights advocate, a human rights activist, and I think the only thing that I'm hoping to accomplish out of all the work that I'm putting into all of this is to just give everyone in any sort of minority the opportunity to feel normal in society, to be able to go to the grocery store and not have to worry about being stared at or not having to worry about being yelled at or attacked on the street or things like that. I just want a society where everybody can have the same comfort as everyone else. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Yeah, as I said before, I am far more focused on advocacy than branding. So I think what I would love more than anything is for people to ask about my story. I want people to know the human, not just my identity. I think many people have a caricature in their heads of what a queer person is or looks like. And the truth is, I'm a wife and a mom, I have a mortgage on a suburban home, two cars in the garage, I'm pretty boring. And so I I believe storytelling is the most powerful tool we have for learning about one another, and we just need people to listen. And I wouldn't be able to go through this interview without taking the opportunity to say how awesome my wife is. She stood by me through transition, she continues to hold me up and give me strength on a daily basis, and Between her and my daughter, they are my everything. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? Sometimes the oppression feels huge, and you feel like your very existence annoys people. And I get mad in those times. I get mad that my existence bothers people. So in those times, my mantra that I just speak into myself is, Thriving out of spite. I'm going to thrive despite how much you hate me. For me, it means that regardless of what anyone tries to legislate against me, regardless of what anyone wants to say about me, and regardless of anyone's opinions of me, 
I'm going to choose to thrive because I deserve to have a happy life. 